Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Our theme, kind of our motto as a church, I and mean, you'll see it around on different banners, know Jesus deeply, show Jesus daily, things like that. Um, but I haven't really got to tell everybody these things. Um, so we want to talk about that. This is a really important day. I'm recording the message. If you know someone that's not here today that maybe missed and couldn't come, let them know. Like, I want all of our core people to hear this. And I also want um, anybody else that hears this to know. So our core values are what you see on these banners back here. And I wasn't going to move them all back up here. But these are who we are as a church. Kind of, kind of the backbone of our church. What we're all about. We're not about programs and doing a billion different ministries here and there to stay busy. That can kill a church. I don't want to do that. Um, but there's some things that we do focus on. The first one is Bible preaching. And this is kind of just not looking forward vision-wise. This is just kind of letting you know who we are and how that affects us moving forward as a church. Um, the first one, and I did a whole series on this. If you go on our website, you'll see a series called Ready or Not. Here Coastline Comes, and this was again, a year and a half ago, and there's a message on each one of these core values uh, that was preached in this building before it looked so nice. Um, and I encourage you, I'm not going to take time on each one. Uh, I'm just going to kind of briefly go over it. But go back and listen to those sermons, and it gives you kind of a greater grasp of who we are as a church and the heart of a church. But the first one is Bible preaching, and that is the word of God communicated. Uh, when I get up here or whoever gets up here to preach on a Sunday or in any service that we have, um, I don't want it just to be my opinion. It's not to be my opinion at all. I want it to be God's opinion, what God says, what the Bible says. I want to give a clear explanation of the scripture and not twist it so I can make it say something I want it to say. Uh, Bible preaching is, is one of our core values. We want to make sure that, because that's what will change your life. Not my opinion or my ideas. Not me being a good communicator or a good speaker. But the word of God is living and that's what changes your life. Bible preaching. Uh, that's why we've been going through the Gospel of John for, oh my goodness, almost a year now. And I'm going to be finishing that up by right around Easter time. I have it all mapped out. We're going to kind of do a chapter each week, kind of go through and be done with the Gospel of John by Easter. And we've been going through that a while. But that's verse by verse, scripture by scripture, teaching you what the Bible says and applying it in our lives. It's not just like a, a class lesson where I'm just giving you information that you can just lock up in your mind. No, it's the Bible preached and then applied to your lives. That's our goal, is, is uh, Bible preaching, the Word of God communicated. The next one was authentic worship, the praise of God given, just like this morning. Uh, authentic worship, not just uh, singing together, following a little bouncing ball on the screen, just to kind of have it be part of the service, and it's just kind of the way we always do things. But no, taking time in the beginning of our service, uh, and this is called the worship service, where we, as believers, as children of God, are lifting our voices, are lifting our hands, are lifting our eyes and our hearts to the one who's worthy of it. Authentic worship, real worship. Where it's not about, well, I don't really like that song, or that's not my really, but it's like it doesn't really matter about any of your opinions or my opinions. It's just I have an opportunity to worship the creator of the universe, and I'm going to do that Amen. because I've been given an opportunity by our church 
with other believers, with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to lift it high. Even if I don't really like the song, I'm going to check my heart and say, well, it's not about you. I'm not worshiping me today. We're worshiping God. Authentic worship, the, the, the um, praise of God given. Now, because it's one of our core values, I'm going to point you to something that we're hoping to do this year, and that's something called worship nights. Uh, three times a year, and this is just because I don't want to schedule too many and then have it be, um, you know, something that's harder to do. But three worship nights um, this year. Christmas time, we'll have our Christmas Eve service, but in the winter, spring, and then um, summer, kind of fall time, um, we're going to take one Sunday evening, and we're going to really pump it, probably put some ads out on Facebook and things like that, and invite our friends. And this will be a totally different service than like a Sunday morning service. This will be a night of worship where we gather together, we bring our friends, we bring our families. Maybe there's some other churches that, that um, don't have any service on Sunday night and they want to come join us and worship together. And we're just going to sing and praise the Lord and take an hour, hour and a half and just worship the Lord and just point our hearts to God and just have an extra special night of worship. We'll do some special things. It really won't be a message or a sermon. It'll just be the worship. Maybe we'll have some people sing some solos or some duets and just have a night where we're just, that's about just singing and praise, praising the Lord. So that's going to be this coming uh, year. We're going to do that three times. I'll get you the dates as we get closer. Um, I'm excited about this. I think that's going to be great. I think many of us know people that they may have a hard time coming on a Sunday morning uh, to church and they're tired, they work late, but they would be willing to come for a night of worship. They'd be like, you know, they may not even go to church. They'll be like, I'll come and hear this and and you can sell it however you want. Say, hey, we're having a concert at the church. I don't care how you sell it, but you can invite people. And I think people, some people will be more apt to come to something like this at first than maybe a Sunday morning church service. So they're going to come. The gospel is going to be given one way or another on that night. And they may come and be like, wow, that was great. I, now I want to come and check out a Sunday morning service. So that's going to be uh, this coming year. And that goes right along with that core value of... Um, Authentic worship. Another one of our core values, and again, these are all in the banners back here. By the way, I wanted to say this. In the seat uh, in front of you, like in the, the, where the visitor card is, I put note cards there. If anybody wants to take notes, we've got pens. I encourage you. Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, if I don't take notes, I forget everything I heard. Right? Okay, I, some people can feel me that. Well, that's why I put these in there. I'd like to, at some point, get like a nicer one that says coastline on it and notes and sermon notes. Right now we got this, okay? It's what we got. And we got pens, but write some things down. If it helps you, if you're going to remember it more, you can carry it throughout the week, use these. We'll refill them every week, but use these. Use these uh, as much as you need to. But the next one is uh, welcoming spirit. A core value of having a welcoming spirit. The heart of Jesus shown. Okay, Bible preaching. The word of God communicated. Authentic worship, the praise of God given. And then a welcoming spirit, the heart of Jesus shown. We want to be a church that is welcoming, that, that, that doesn't judge people when they walk in, but just welcomes them, makes them feel at home. Part of our welcoming spirit is our facilities and what we offer. We want to have a uh, sensory room for special needs families to be a help. We want to provide uh, well-equipped nurseries and a wonderful kids program and coffee and refreshments and a clean building and things. We want to create a welcoming atmosphere where people come in and they say, wow, these people are really nice. I feel at home here. I've been in churches, and you might have been in churches where you walk in and you're like, I feel like the odd man out here. I feel like I'm kind of like forgotten. We don't want that here. I'm going to ask our church, don't make people feel that way. Man, be welcoming. And I know, I don't think I can think of anybody looking in this room that is like that. 
But man, let's, let's, let's even when we're having a bad Sunday morning, guard our hearts from that. Some of us have a hard time getting the kids ready, or a hard time, you know, this, or you get an argument with your spouse on the way to church, and then you get here, and you're like, oh, we're at church, I'm going to put it on the face. Man, in those days, check yourself. Say, God, I need grace, because I'm frustrated right now. I want to, there may be someone here that is brand new, that doesn't know Jesus, and I'm going to be the first face they see, and this is what it's going to look like. Like, I'm super excited to be at God's house today. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and you're singing, and your worship's going, and you're just kind of like, I'm here because I have to be here. Don't, man, guard your spirit from that. A welcoming spirit. Part of that welcoming spirit um, is the word community. Like, we want to have a uh, uh, reach into our community, but then create a community here where it's a family. Um, starting up in the month of March, we're going to be starting up small groups. This will more than likely go right along with our discipleship Sunday afternoons, where it gives everybody something to do, where some will be in discipleship, learning the fundamentals of the faith, and then the, the rest of us, we're willing, if we can stay, we can, we can try to help provide childcare and things like that. We have enough space. We can have a schedule where it's helpful and things like that. And the rest will gather together in a circle, more than likely, and just talk about the sermon from the week before, or go through a book, or, do, or go through a book of the Bible, and just grow in our walk. Not everybody needs to attend the discipleship class, where, you know, it's learning the basics of the faith. There may be people here that have been saved for a long time, that know the fundamentals. But this is going to be a time for you to grow in your faith. It's important, and I said it last week, or two weeks ago, the week before that, how important it is for all of us, every one of us, to be open to use our voices, and to speak out together. Where you say, hey, we just preached a message two weeks ago on, on the great I am and how much we need God and how he wants to fill in the blank. I am what? I need strength. He's my strength. And some of you need to just be in a circle, in a small group, say, I've been feeling really weak lately. I've been feeling really tired lately. I've been feeling really exhausted lately. I try to uh, set the example from up here in the pulpit by being real and being raw and saying, hey, I'm just like you. We're all a hot mess, and I get it. That's fine. We're in this together. We're a team. But it's important where it's not just me talking, and you're not going to just say anything, but in a small group where you can open up, and you can go through some scriptures, and you can say, well, this is what that scripture means in my heart, what I, how God's used that in my life. Or the message last week that pastor preached, you know, it spoke to me. I'm going through this right now. It's about being open. We're called to do that. Okay? That's not just like airing out dirty laundry in our lives. I'm not saying that. The scriptures command us to edify one another and to encourage and build up one another and how on earth can we build up one another if we know nothing about each other we're a church we're a family and anyone that walks through these doors and if they've been here one time or no times or 20 times or they've been here since the beginning we're all in this together visitor walks in there man they're part come on welcome I want you to come I want, and we have to set the example because you're going to have people come into church and they say, well, I'm going to go to a small group. And they're not going to want to say anything because they don't know anybody. And we have to set the example. We know each other. And we can be willing to be open. Small groups, okay? I'm excited about it. Coming up in March, be praying about that and be willing to be a part. That's part of our welcoming spirit. We're letting people come in and say, hey, we're in this together. We welcome you here. You don't feel any less than that, less than because we're in this together. Another core value is our stand for truth. Our stand for truth. The truth of the Bible lived out. The truth of the Bible lived out. I stand for truth. We don't want to back down from touchy subjects. We don't want to back down from uh, controversial subjects all the time. And listen, I will never, and, and anyone listening online, I hope you hear this, I am not a political guy that's going to get up here and talk about politics and things like that. I won't do that. I'll talk about what the Bible says. 
I'm not going to talk about politics and who you should vote for. I frankly don't care. What I care about is you knowing Jesus. Amen. Now, with that, come, they stand for truth. If the Bible says something and you don't like it, that's not my fault. I'm going to stand for truth regardless. Amen. And as Christians, as Christians, um, man, we should be able to get on board with that and say, yes, truth is truth is truth. What the Bible says is true. That's our final authority. They stand for truth. And, and that's why coming up, you know, on Easter Sunday, we, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe people think that, well, how can someone rise from the dead? It's not something I'm going to ignore. Or say, well, it might be weird for some people to think that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he rose again, and things like that. Listen, I don't care if it's weird for people. That's what the Bible says. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. We'll stand for it. We'll stand for truth. I, as, a pa as your pastor, will stand for truth. The truth of the Bible lived out. And again, not just to make enemies or annoy people, but to show you the truth so that we can live it out in our lives. Stand for truth. I'm looking forward to Easter. We had a great Easter last year with a nice egg hunt out there with the kids, and it was awesome. Had a wonderful service. I'm looking forward to this year as well. Another core value is I'm trying to rush through these um, so we can get to the, the vision part of it. Our love in action. Love and action is one of our core values. The hands of Jesus working. The hands of Jesus working. As a church, yes, we're going to preach the Bible. We're going to worship authentically and in a real way. We're going to uh, preach truth. We're going to be welcoming. But we're not just going to uh, be all talk and no walk. Okay, we want to, our actions speak louder than words, don't they? We love our community, but we never do anything for it. I don't want to be a kind of church like that. Already, as a small church, we've tried to pour back into our community. We've given to uh, um, different organizations. We've reached out. Uh, we've helped out uh, some of the high school sports teams and been a blessing to them. And, and we want to continue to do things like that um, and put the love that Jesus has given us that we experience and pour it out into other people. Not just inwardly. Should we love one another? 100%. Should we show love to one another and give and sacrifice for each other, for our church family? 100%. But it shouldn't stop there. Our mission is outward focused. Out, what's outside of these walls? Love and action. We'll do things like that for Mother's Day coming up in May. We'll do something special for all moms and we'll invite, you can invite family and friends. We're doing a special thing on Mother's Day. Father's Day as well. All these different things that we can use these holidays that are just American holidays and traditional holidays. We can use um, those holidays as a way to pour love back into our community. Beyond that, giving to different groups. We gave to Bright Steps, ABA, uh, who works with kids with autism all across the Cape. We help them. They use our building right now. That's a way we can continue to show the love of Christ. I'll say this, in addition to that, everything that Bright Steps, ABA does here, um, you can help with things, parties and things like that. If you want to be a part, say, hey, Whenever Bright Step does stuff, I'd love to come and help kind of as a member of the church. When I was here as the pastor and I also had a son at the Christmas party, I was able to kind of walk around. We know this building. We know where stuff goes. We can answer questions about the church. So that's an opportunity for you. It's going to be a sacrifice of some of your time where you're coming and you're pouring into people that may never be able to give back to you, that may never come to the church. They may use the church for their activities, but we're not, I'm not letting them use this so that they can give me back something. I'm doing it because I believe it's what God wants us to do. Amen. And it's a way we can show love. And the last one is this. The last core value is just we're going to stay gospel-centered. The work of Jesus anchored upon. Every core value I've mentioned thus far really points to this one. This is the main 
core value. We won't have authentic worship if we are not anchored in Jesus Christ and his work. It'll just be tradition. It'll just be habitual for us. And we'll sing the songs that we know. We may even lift a hand out of habit, but nothing is real in our hearts. Nothing's stirring in our hearts. But if we're anchored in Jesus and we recognize that without him we are nothing, then that worship becomes authentic. Bible preaching, love and action, all those things point back to us having a total reliance on Jesus Christ and his work in us. Yes, the gospel of Christ for salvation, for eternity in heaven, saving us from hell. But beyond that, not just for our eternity and for our future salvation, but for our salvation right now, where God is working in us, where the gospel of Jesus Christ and us depending on that is growing us and making us more like Christ. We're going to center everything we do on the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is who we are. When you walk out these doors every Sunday, I hope you look at these values and you carry them throughout the week. Listen, this is who we are as Coastline Baptist Church. We are uh, our core values of Bible preaching, welcoming spirit, authentic worship, stand for truth, love and action, gospel-centered. That is who we are. Our vision statement, something that we've kind of carried since the beginning, is, is simply this. It's simple. I try to keep it simple so we can remember and that is know Jesus deeply and show Jesus daily. Show Jesus daily. That's my, our broad vision as a church, as a pastor. What do I want for you as a pastor here at Coastline? I want you to come to a church, and every time you leave through the worship, through the fellowship, through the message, you leave knowing Jesus in a deeper way or with a desire to know Jesus in a deeper way. And then taking that desire and that love that you found in Jesus Christ and pouring it out into people around you and showing Jesus daily. You are the church. We are a team. We're in this together. And there's folks here that aren't here today that are part of that team as well. We're in this together. What I've done this year, and I may start this going every, each year, our main vision is simply this, knowing Jesus deeply, showing Jesus daily. That's our goal. That's our mission. Everything I'm going to talk about going forward, all of our core values, it all really points back to this vision. We're trying to know him deeper and show him, and show him daily and let his love pour through us. But for this year, 2023, there's a theme I want us to kind of hone in on. I'll preach messages through this theme. It'll kind of be at the crux of what we're doing. And today, Vision Sunday being what we're looking forward to this new year, our theme for 2023. And by the way, I'm going to be getting some um, merchandise, some merch, as my kids call it, some merch to hand out with our theme uh, throughout the year and be giving that to you so you can rep uh, some T-shirts for the church and things like that where you can rep our church and, and kind of gives it a conversation starter. But our theme for 2023 is next level. Next level. Yeah, it's good, right? Is that pretty good? You like that? I designed that. No, I stole that design. But I came up with a theme. Oh, by the way, I have to say this. My sister's here today. Isn't that great? Let's give her a hand. Keep it going. Keep it going. All the way from Holy Massachusetts. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's come up here and sing a solo first. this morning. No. So I, if, I didn't have, if I didn't have more to say, I would be... I just roasted her the whole time. I love my sister. I'm so glad her and her kids got to come today. And um, they'll be up to visit more often, I hope. They should, at least. I'll be offended if she doesn't. Um, no, we're, our theme for this year is um, next level. We're coming up on one year in this building. It's crazy to think about. We, we um, got our permits 
um, last March, April time. And we're coming up on a year of being able to really invite people legally with permits and things like that. And there's a lot more to be done. I think you know that, church. I hope you know that. God's not done here in this church. You know, this isn't just, hey, we got our building, and now like, we can just hope. No, God is not done. And, and my challenge for us today as a church, we cannot allow ourselves to just maintain. Yeah. Okay? We can now uh, not allow ourselves to just maintain or coast, because when we do that, we'll get stagnant. And there's no growth. And beyond that, not as only no growth, but you start to die. We have got to take things to the next level as a church, individually in our lives, a leap forward, a step above. We must keep wind in our sails or we will die. Any church will. Any church that just kind of tries to maintain and stick with the status quo and just kind of go with the flow and hope. Listen, it may not be immediate overnight, but after time, churches die. We have got to take things to the next level. I don't want to just maintain. I want to grow. I believe God wants us to grow. And church, you have it in you to take things to the next level. You do. By the grace of Christ, by the strength of Christ, you have it in you. I believe in our church. I believe that God has plans for each one of you and the people that you are affected by in your life. People that you have relationships with that I don't. I believe that God wants to continue to use you, and for some of you, wants to begin using you in a way that you've never been used before by the Lord. I believe he's calling us to take things to the next level. I'm going to be preaching messages. Obviously, we're going to be going through the Gospel of John through Easter, and here and there, I'm going to be plugging in sermons about the next level. We're going to talk about next level commitment. Next level commitment uh, uh, as Christians, as believers, as children of God, where we're going to take things to the next level. We're going to talk about next level outreach and how we can reach people, and how we can give back, how we can uh, get people here into church so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and taking things to the next level. Talking about next level faith we're going to be talking about. Uh, how we can grow our faith and, and walk through life with more peace and less anxiety. We're going to talk about next level relationships uh, and marriages and in parenting and in friends and things like that. We're going to talk about these things, taking things to the next level. Next level worship. Uh, get, taking a leap forward even in how we worship the Lord and, and what we can do and, 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 and how our hearts are affected by next level giving. Uh, you may not want to hear the message, but I'm going to preach it anyway because I want just to take it to the next level when it comes to giving and it comes to sacrificing. Next level community, uh, uh, the way that we interact with each other in our fellowship. We're going to take time and throughout this year talk about next level living. Next level living. And I'm excited about it. Next level living. Church, when we're going to be talking about this, and this is really the crux of the, of the thoughts and of the vision today for our year 2023. Our broad vision as a whole forever is know Jesus deeply and show Jesus deeply, yes. But our vision for 2023 is next level living. And we're going to talk all about that this year. It's going to take sacrifice. It is. It's going to take digging deep for many of us. It's going to take some priority shifting for some of us. It's going to take steady commitment for us as a church. If we want to take things to the next level and want to see God do miracles in this place, we have to take the next level. 
God is looking for people, for individuals, for a church that's not just maintaining, but that is waiting to see what he wants to do and is taking things to the next level. In Isaiah 43, 19, God is speaking to his people and he says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. This chapter in Isaiah, the section of scripture is about God telling his people, the Israelites back thousands of years ago, to forget about the past and to look forward. To, to, to actually not just forget the past and look forward to the future, but even look at their now. God had delivered his people, and we've talked about it in the past. We talked about it on that, the last question we had here about uh, Moses and the burning bush and God's people being in bondage and in slavery in Egypt. God had already delivered his people at this time from Egypt. He delivered them from slavery. And now they were in bondage again. And he was telling them that he was going to deliver them again. So I'm going to do something new. They would cry to God, and again he would hear and deliver them. The past miracles that they had already experienced were nothing compared to what God was going to do for them and through them in the future. That's what this scripture is saying when he says, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness, create rivers in a dry wasteland. I'm going to do something new in your life. And church, I believe that God has been speaking that to my heart for our church. That he is getting ready to do something new. Through every struggle that we've already faced as a church and as individuals, he has made a way. Hasn't he? He has made a way. Listen, no matter what the enemy has thrown away, God has gotten victory, hasn't he? He has gotten victory. You are sitting in that victory right now. Can we remember that as a church, those who have been here since the beginning? We were in a house, an in-law apartment. We were on the back porch. We were in somebody else's building. We couldn't get the permits here. All those things, and God has made a way. And we've grown through it. God has done amazing things. And church, I believe he wants to do greater things this year. I believe this is our year. Now listen, I thought that in 2020, and apparently I was wrong. Okay, right? But I believe God's been speaking my heart about this. God's ready to do some big things in us. And what I need for you, church, I want to, I'm trying to cast vision. I'm trying to take what I believe God is speaking to my heart, pull it over into you, because church, it's not just about me. I can't make things happen. I've tried, I could try, but all I would do is exhaust myself, bother myself, upset myself, burn myself out, and I'd be of no use to this church at all. Church, I'm asking you to be a, this year, starting today, to be a contributor and not just a consumer. That's not to say that I think the people here are just consumers. I'm asking you to, to ask yourself this question. Am I more of a consumer or am I a contributor? Listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with consuming what the church, what the Lord has to offer through his church. There's nothing wrong with that, but Coastline needs full-blown, sold-out, loud and proud contributors. People that are willing to sacrifice and give back. It's very easy 
to become a consumer where you say, what a great service that was. What a great, what great music they have. What great coffee they have and the snacks and what a great message and what a great Christmas service and what a great church and everything. Like, I like this, this place. I like this place a lot. This is a great church. And you can think all those things and simply be a consumer, someone that comes and has it all given to them and says, I really like this place, but never really give back. Never really be a part of what God is doing. You're just there taking it all in, being very blessed by it, and probably even growing. But the growth that you could experience if you decide, I'm not just going to be a consumer, I'm going to be a contributor. Churches don't survive with just consumers. They don't. And God uses you. No matter who you are, no matter your past, no matter what you're going through right now, if you're willing, if you're committed, God wants to use you in this place, for this community, for his work. So, well, I'm not really this or that. I'm not really good at... I, I, listen, if you're willing, if you're committed, if you're willing and committed, God can use you. Everyone in here right now, in this room, we need you. We need you. If you're newer or you're steady, or you, we need you here. And church, we need you to continue bringing people here. Bringing people here. I mean, I got to give uh, uh, Mercy just a shout out for her heart and just getting people in the house of God. What a blessing. You don't know how much that encourages my heart. You guys just reaching out to people and, 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 and obviously selling the church pretty good. You know, hey, because people are coming. We had 77 people on Christmas Eve for our service. And I know many of them were, some were just visitors that saw things online, but many of them were invited um, by some of you in church. I, I don't think I need to ask this question, but don't you want the people that you love and care about to experience God in their lives? Ask yourself that question. And I'll, I'll, I'll add this to that. If you don't have anybody in your life that you love and care about. Then that's not good. I'm not saying we have to be best friends with everybody. But the people that God has placed in our lives, listen, if you're a Christian, if you claim to be a child of God, those people are in your life for a reason. And, and you should care about them, about their eternity, and about them experiencing God in their lives. You say, well, they're really annoying. Well, I can be really annoying. And you can be really annoying. Right? We can all be pretty annoying. It's just the way it is. The people in your life that, that you love and care about, that you love and care about, don't you want them to experience God? Don't you want to be a tool in the hand of God to change a life? In church, I'll answer the question for you. You do. You want to be a tool in the hand of God to change somebody's life. You want to. Why do you want to? Because I'm telling you, the... The growth that you'll see and the, and the joy that you'll experience knowing that God has used you to help somebody else to reach into somebody's life, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Love your church so much that you can't stop talking about it. Love your church and what God has given you so much that you can't stop talking about it, that you can't stop inviting people, people that you would never think of missing, that... that your priority, start of the week, first day of the week, Sunday morning, there's nothing that's going to keep you from being at God's house because that is what is most important in your life. It's about God. It's about knowing him deeper, about showing him daily. That is next level living, church. I, I'm telling you, 
You can do it. We can make an even greater difference. I know that God has used our church so far to this point, and I believe he wants to continue to and even in a greater way. That is next level living, and that's where we're going. So we've gone over who we are, our core values. We've gone over what we're about, knowing Jesus deeply, showing Jesus daily. We've gone over our theme for the year, what it means to us, next level for 2023. And to finish, I want to share some goals with you for this year that kind of go along with this next level living and next level ministry. Um, I'm always trying to be a better pastor, someone that you can trust, all of you, family included, someone you can trust, someone you can rely on, someone you can depend on, someone you can count on, someone that you can trust, someone that you can ask advice of. Um, I feel like as a pastor, um, I don't ever want to be this dictator type guy that tells you what to do, but I also know that the scriptures say that as a pastor, I'm kind of like a, an under-shepherd, and I'm supposed to take care and love and protect and things like that. Um, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And I, say, I don't think anyone's thinking, well, he's never here for me. But I want you to know that like, you can call me. You can reach out. I want you to. Don't, don't fight your battles alone all the time. Yes, depend on your family and on your spouses and things like that, number one, and on the Lord. But I'm your pastor. And I'm never going to, unless I feel the leading of the Spirit, I'm never just going to pry myself into your life and tell you what to do. I'm not going to do that. Um, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But you can talk to me. And you can call me. And I'm always trying to learn how to be a better pastor. And know the Bible so I can give you spiritual, biblical advice. So I try to obviously read the scriptures. I try to read books about pastoring so I can be a better pastor. And I was reading one recently, and it kind of goes with what we're talking about today. And the writer said something to, something to churches. And he said, ask, as churches, ask yourself this question as a church. Hopefully, we want to ask this question. What can we be the best in the world at as a church? We're not talking about Harbor Church, Cape Cod Church. We're talking about Coastline, us. What can we be the best at? That nobody else can come close to us and us working hard to focus on a certain thing. What do we have? What has God given us? And what can we be the best at. And I prayed about that. I thought, like, that's a good thing. And he said, whatever it is that you can be the best at, do that thing. And pour your time and energy into that thing. And, and make it part of your main focus. And I prayed about that. So some of my goals this year, with that question in mind of what can we be the best at? How can God use us in our greatest way um, and take things to the next level um, for 2023 and, and as we're looking forward on this Vision Sunday? And I thought about this. I thought God has gifted our church with many people who understand the challenges of raising a child with special needs. It, it's, it's really quite uh, interesting to think about the, how many people in our church on any given Sunday are not only affected by special needs, but work in that community and serve that community for their jobs. It's, it's really Amazing, and, I, and I, the Lord kept bringing me back to that. So one thing I want to focus on this year, I don't know how it looks, to be honest. I don't know how it looks, which is why as a team we're going to work together, and you can bring ideas to me and we'll talk about things. But I want us to focus this year on special needs outreach, on reaching out to families with special needs and letting them know that they have a church that they can come to. They have a place that they know that they can come, be loved, accepted, not judged, not looked at, oh, my kid's being loud. And that they know that, and I think, church, that we can be the best at this. 
And again, not that it's a competition, by the way, but I think that we can really do a good job with this, and we can, we can become known as the church. Man, if you have a special needs child or a child with autism, severe, go to Coastline. They'll take care of you. They'll love you. They understand. The pastor gets it. The pastor's wife gets it. The members get it. Many of them work in that environment. They're used to that. They'll make you feel welcome. You can worship and not be worried about what's going on. I want to focus on this this year. If you are in the store or you work in an uh, environment and you know a family or special needs, I want you to uh, take time and go to them and say, hey, um, I want you to know that we'd love for you to come to our church. We have a sensory room and uh, the pastors, and you can talk about me. I don't care. But let's, let's try to focus this year on finding ways that we can encourage the special needs community and also give them an opportunity to come here and worship freely and not feel like they're constantly stressed. I think we can do a good job with that. I, I, I'm sorry, I know we can do a good job with that. And again, it's, it's gonna be all of us working together with ideas, with getting that center room a little bit better. Part of that um, special needs outreach is we're gonna, we're gonna, this year, one of our goals with that is getting video feed to the sensory room on a TV. So if a family comes and their child needs to take that room, they're not gonna miss the service. If they, if they wanted to sit with their kid and play, they could just do it at home. But they'll be able to watch the service and worship in a, in a room where they can have some privacy and where their child can calm down, fill in the blank, whatever. We're gonna get, that's one of our goals is to get video feed in that room. And we're gonna work together on that. We're gonna have to give and sacrifice so we can pay for the equipment needed to do that. Um, so that's one of our goals, what we're gonna be praying about and being a part of. Another goal I have for this year is to get our attendance to an average of 50. I think right now we float anywhere from 25 to 35 on any given Sunday. We've had a lot of sickness, I know, over the past few months. I think once we get to spring and summer, hopefully that all begins to fade away. Um, but I, I want us to get to an average of 50. Some weeks we may have more, some weeks we may have less. But having that average of about 50 people where we're seeing God uh, give us some steady growth. I don't need flash-in-the-pan growth. We have one big Sunday, and then, and then it's back. I want steady growth. I want real growth. Christmas Eve service was amazing. But we don't have 77 today because that's, flash, that's a, an opportunity to be a blessing to our community, <laughs> give them something, let them know the church. But let's begin continuing to reach out to people. I, I'm praying and asking God, I know we can together work at getting ourselves to an average of 50. Be praying for this. Be praying weekly and daily. God, give us 50. Give us 50. Give us, bring us more people. There's going to be people that, I don't know how many people are moving to the Cape right now. Maybe people are leaving the Cape because of how expensive it is. But people move all the time to the Cape for work and things like that. Many of them might be looking for a church. Let's be praying, reaching out, inviting, continually inviting. Not just, hey, come one time be a guest, but like, hey, come and be a part of what we're doing here. we got some vision. Um, I'm praying for uh, average attendance of, of 50. Another thing we're going to be starting this year is our ministry teams. Ministry teams. And this is going to be a work in progress, by the way. A work in progress. But we're going to create some teams so it's not just one or two people trying to get everything figured out, but it's a group of people in our church that we're kind of in our groups and in our teams, and we are getting things going. Uh, a student ministry team where, you know, those people are in charge of, uh, we just brought some wonderful Sunday school curriculum that we're going to start using. Um, that's going to be a blessing. But getting that team together and, and scheduling out so we're working together and, how, and, work, and having meetings and saying, how can we make our children's ministry even better? What are some things we can do? What are some things we should stop doing? You know, all these different things. Um, by the way, Donald's first time in, in, big, in big service, so I got it. You're doing fine, buddy. I know. Focus, focus. You're doing all right. Um, I remember when I had to go to adult service, and it's like, ugh, you know. Especially the other day today where I'm just droning on and on. Um, but 
ministry teams where those who are working together on the children's ministries and, and even the teen ministries say, hey, we're working on just not just little kids, but we want to get some teenagers in here, do some youth group stuff. So let's try to find a way to get some teens in the place. Um, working together and, and talking about things. So it's not just me saying, okay, we need this, this, and this, and this. It's you guys. It's our church. It's our team working together. A missions team that can say, let's find someone, let's find a missionary and, and do some research and find a, a missionary that we can raise some money for or we can send a box out to or a church planner that's in a tough area in the United States that we can be blessed to. Having a missions team. Having prayer teams, people that their, their main job is to gather together or on FaceTime or on Zoom or at the church after service, making time to pray for our church. I'll, I'll say this. If there's one thing that I feel I've missed the mark on as a pastor, it's prayer as a, as a church. We used to pray at the end of every service together for our ministries, and we've kind of gotten away from that because we've had our regular services. We need to make time to pray as a church. Prayer changes things. Prayer brings miracles, and we need it. And we, and honestly, to have a prayer team that's in charge of setting up times to meet here at the church or meet over the phone or say, hey, at 1, at one o'clock every day, uh, we're going to pray. And you pray at your house, I'll pray at my house. Just setting some things up to pray for God's blessing, for God to bring us people, for God to answer prayers. We need that church. So we're going to create some ministry teams. And you, say, you may say, well, I, I feel like I'm gifted in this area. Come tell me. I don't want to have to be the one to come to you and say, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Man, you be willing to contribute and say, I'm willing. What do you need me to do? Or, hey, I think I can be a help in this area. I'd like to be a part of that team or this team or another idea that you haven't mentioned. I want to be a part. Come and talk to me about it. And then the last thing we're going we're gonna to finish up with, the last goal I have is, is um, let's, and this goes with prayer, praying for a worship pastor. Praying for a worship pastor. I love being a part of leading worship. I do. I enjoy singing, but I would like to not do it. I would like to be sitting down here with my hands lifted up and worshiping with the church and letting someone else kind of plan that or that so I can focus on other areas of ministry. We don't have the money to pay a guy full time. Obviously, right now, that's fine. We're going to be working towards that over the years. Um, but maybe God would bring us somebody that has those abilities, talents, and beyond the talents and abilities, has a genuine heart for worship and for leading worship. I believe God can do that for us. I believe he can. It, to me, sometimes it seems like way out there, like impossible, that God would just drop somebody in our lap, but he can do it. So I think we should begin praying for that, that God would allow us so that I am not as stretched. And I know as a church, you don't want me to be stretched. Because when I'm stretched to my limits, I'm not as much of use as pastor, and I don't like that. Um, I want to be the best pastor I can be for you. Until God leads someone here, I'm going to keep helping out and, and leading it. And we work as a team with Marissa and Lindsay, and it's wonderful. And I'll continue to plan and, and find new songs and things like that. But let's begin praying now that God will bring us someone to help lead um, in that music area. So what's the vision as we close out right now? What's the vision that I'm casting today as the pastor of Coastline? I'm asking you, church, as we finish up, please hone in right now. Focus. Ask God to help you right now. I'm asking you to see what God can do. To have eyes of faith. I have to have eyes of faith as a pastor. I can look at the housing market and the financial status of the Cape and every other excuse and every other roadblock and focus on those things and say, wow, it's really, really hard to to grow a church in the cave. It's really, really hard to find a place to live in the cave. It's really, really, and sometimes I am guilty of that. 
But this morning, standing before you, I have faith that God is going to do great things at Coastline. I do. I do. I believe that. And I'm asking you to catch that vision. Please, catch that vision. Don't let this place just be one of your weekly hobbies that you just go to Coastline. No, you are Coastline. You don't just go to Coastline. You are Coastline. And we're in this together. Let's do big things together. I want you to know Jesus deeper this year. Yes, in everything we've talked about today, from the ministries to the core values to all that stuff, all of it points to that. I want you to show and share Jesus more this year. And everything we've talked about are opportunities to do that. We're implementing different strategies with these teams and with these different things. We're implementing different strategies that we've talked about to create a culture that lends itself to growth in those two areas of knowing Jesus and sharing Jesus. But you have got to want it. You've got to want it, and you have to cultivate that desire, especially in the busy seasons of life and in the stressful seasons of life when you really, all you want to really do is lay down under the covers and hide from the world. You need to cultivate that desire to God. I'm struggling. I feel weak. I feel tired. But I want to want what you want. I can't force you to commit. I can't. I don't ever want to be the guy that guilts people into commitment. I've been in ministries like that. I've been that guy that did that. You make people feel bad enough so they finally do something, but they don't want to be here, and it doesn't last anyway, and it's not real. I can't force you to commit. I won't try to force you to commit. I will try my best to share with you that if you do commit your life and your time and your finances to the Lord Jesus Christ and his work, you will be heaped upon tremendous amounts of blessing and peace and joy in your life from God. But that's all I can do is tell you from personal experience what he's done for me when I decided I'm going to commit my life to him and it's the best life I could ever live and that's all I can do and hope that you say, well, then that's the life that I want to live. I can only pray for you, which I do. I try to pray daily for you by name. By name. Lord, bless Darren. Bless Daniel. Bless uh, Courtney and Stephen. Bless our, my family and Dan and bless them. I, tr I say, God, use them, grow them, help them. I can only pray for you and challenge you, but you've got to take the first step. You've got to get involved. You go to the next level. God said, I'm about to do something new. And he said, see, I've already begun. He's already begun a work in many of your lives. What God has done with you in the last year, how he's grown your faith and heart, and he wants to do more. He said, I'll make a pathway to the wilderness. Don't you see it? He said, don't you see it? I'll create rivers in the dry place. Let's watch God do miracles this year. Here at Coastline and in your lives personally. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.